welcome to Cram Bamble, a podcast by humans for humans and no one else. Stop listening to my podcast, dwarves. Ooh, cryptid dwarves? Yes. Okay. Of I course. just I thought you were being really politically incorrect. Are they cryptids though, or are they mythological? What's the difference? I think cryptids like something they think might possibly be a thing, or it, I don't know. It seems more. I was thinking about that the other day. Mm. Sorry to interrupt. Go you. for it. With the giant eagle from New Zealand. There's a giant eagle in New Zealand? Oh, my God. Have you not heard about this? Like a cryptid? Well, that's the thing. Okay. If it were in America and people said that they spotted it now, cryptid, definitely, 100%. Gotcha. But this thing genuinely existed and used to carry off Maori kids. Oh. And they hunted it to extinction. Gotcha. So, not a cryptid. Okay. Unless- So, the cryptid that falls under the category of may have existed previously but doesn't exist now. There's, there's a whole classification system for it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's lengthy and boring, and I've heard many people talk about it, and they make it even more boring than it is normally. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was so, so many levels to it. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just thinking about that particular – I wish I could remember the name of it. It's got a cool name. Mm. But, yeah, it was a, an incredibly massive eagle. And, like I said, if we were flying around America, we'd be like, that's a cryptid. Like the Thunderbirds exactly. of Native American law. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But because it existed, I don't know why, but it's people just don't think it's that cool anymore. The mystery is gone, you know. The veil has been lifted. You go, oh, it totally existed. I imagine dinosaurs were the same thing. They had these these theories, and that's probably the, where the dragon law came from. They found, like, the skeleton of some dinosaur, and they're like, oh, dragons. And it was all mystical and cool. And then once they classified dinosaurs, I mean, dinosaurs are cool, but then you're like, oh, they, they were totally 100% real. Okay. That's less exciting. I think it's like, the allure of mystery. Like, I keep getting obsessed with giant bones. Whenever they find oh, the yes. bones, they're like, it was a giant. I'm giants like, it probably cool, wasn't. Hells yeah, giants. But it would be cool if it were. Because, mm. like, humans through evolution were tiny. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, what was the, like, the I past? think Lucy was an Australopithecus. Mm. I think she was Afarazi. But anyway, that that's getting into boring territory. It is. I know. So, um, but yeah, she was like. Full foot. There's an anthropologist out there who's just getting so angry that I just said that what they what they studied and what they love is boring. They're just spitting fun. Oh, baby, I I feel for you, Mister or Mrs. Anthropologist, sitting there going, mm-hmm. "Well, they were nearly talked about something interesting." Those <laughs> bastards. Just you and me, buddy. Just you and me. <laughs> so I had a train of thought, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Toot-toot. humans. Toot-toot. So humans and our horror stories, our mythologies. Less so the mythologies, but in in some small part, most of the really scary things that terrify us the most Mm -hmm. are something that was human before it became the creature that it is. There's something about that that horrifies us. Yep, because, yeah, vampires Vampires used to be human. Used to be human. Werewolves. werewolves, Zombies. Skinwalkers. Yeah, all those kinds of things. Mm. And there's probably some Scooby-Doo episode that really just likens back to humans are the real monsters. But I think it's something that because as humans we've got this whole, I think, therefore I am, the whole you know, looking at ourselves and understanding that we are a thinking sentient creature, having something forcefully taken away that takes that identity that away from us. Humanity away. That humanity yep. away. Even just the physicality. Like some people like, oh, she was turned into a crone. Still the same person, but a crone like the- that fear and horror of having your image taken away or who you are changed and kind of turned into some aberration. That's what makes us most afraid of it. Because you got like Cthulhu horror and all that kind of stuff. Like, the things you can't stop and kill. And you're like, oh, it's scary. And then it stops being scary because you're like, oh, whatever. Oh, the Superman that. principle. 
The Superman principle? Yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before. Maybe not on the podcast, but just I think in general. It's the fact that no one's favorite superhero is Superman because he's just OP. I like Superman. Uh, I don't know. It's just difficult to identify with somebody who's so – Yeah, I I get that, yeah. Overpowered and he's not human. He doesn't have the flaws. Yeah, exactly. And I think we like flaws. Oh, yeah. I think that, yeah, whenever anyone, you know, famous or anything has a bit of a stumble, we sort of like them more. They become more endearing. It it lowers them down off of, like, that higher pedestal close to us, like, oh, we're the same. We're the same. Me and Keanu, we could be best buds at some point, surely. Everyone thinks that, and I do too. Well, Keanu's awesome. He'd be friends with everybody. (laughs) He probably would be. (laughs) He's just the best. He's breathtaking. (laughs) But, yeah, when when he sits and looks sad, everybody loves him because that's also his humanity, you know? Yep. If he was just sitting smiling all the time, we'd kind of find that grating. I think some people did uh, when the pictures of he and his partner started going out. A lot of people got cranky because he wasn't this isolated, sad. sad, lonely. You know, like when he posted a picture of his favorite motorcycle, people were like, oh, Keanu, you've changed. No, he's, he's human. He has a motorcycle he loves. <laughs> like, you always- Can't he be happy? You said for so long you wanted to be happy, and now he's now he's happy, and you're like, you've changed, man. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, no. Oh, I wish Keanu could find someone to well, love. And then he does, and you're like, she's too old. Well, fuck me then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Keanu. You, do, you keep doing you, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was just kind of like- that's the stuff. And there, there's, you know, the, the romanticized tilts of vampires for a long time were very scary, especially in, like, the Eastern European areas where you're like, ooh, but then the authors came out and all that kind of stuff, and you're like, oh, I want to live forever and be, like, super attractive and be able to, like, charm people with my eyes. And you're like, yeah, but it's not you. Yeah. Like, I, I, oh, actually, that's a really good point psychologically. Yeah. Of, yeah, where do you get to the point where, you know, is your are your flaws your part of your personality? Because mm. there's a lot of all this self help stuff, and you can change your bad habits and become a better person and go for runs and <laughs> be really disciplined. Does it get to a point where you're changing who you are? Mm. You know, do does the negativity make you an individual? Yeah, it's kind and of I don't that. mean negativity as in like oh the world sucks and I'm a pessimist, but little things like things that are considered to be negative traits. Exactly, yeah. like an obsession with sugar. Yes. You know, you'd be like, that's a bad thing. But then Love it's also, yeah, exactly. It's mm. part of who you are. It's like we can't have any candy in the house because Taz will eat it. He has no self-control. Like if you could take a, a snapshot of yourself now mm. and a snapshot, like a mental snapshot yeah. as, a, as a person, you know, existing in a space like, you know, holographic or whatever, whatever situation you want to dream up, and you a year from now having changed something fundamental about yourself – it's it's not the same person with two schools of thought. It's two physically different people. Mm. If that makes because sense. Because they do say that, let's say even just, you know, physical exercise can actually change the way your brain works. Yes. So. You're not you. You're someone else. Yeah. You've changed. It's a bit like, oh, my God, I was meant to look this up. Don't you hate that when you're like, oh, I'll look that up. And then you forget. Oh, totally. That's me there's every a, day. There's that principle and it's got a really cool name and I wish I could remember it because when things have names, they're more, I don't know. <laughs> Real? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's about that guy who set sail on a boat and then there's he so had many. to change the mast and then he had to change some of the boards and eventually throughout the voyage, he changed so many pieces of the boat you do have to ask, is that the original boat he set sail on? Gotcha. Yeah. So What was the whole challenge to sail on the one boat kind of thing? Something like that. Oh. But, no, it's more like a philosophical way of, is it the same boat you departed on? No. 
Exactly, but it's it still sort of is in a way. Part of it, but yeah. it's, it's definitely not the same boat. And I think that's very similar when it comes to people transforming into werewolves or mm-hmm. vampires and things. It's technically not the same boat anymore. No. You know, you're completely transformed. Because, yeah, I think having that level of charm, if you were a total incel and weren't charming at all and had serious social social awkwardness mm-hmm. – and then you suddenly got this, like, glamour and charm thing you could use. That's not you anymore. No. It's it's some monster creature riding your skin. Ooh, yeah. like a skin suit. Do you remember in Buffy and Angel, to some extent, they really tried to push that because they were always, like, the creepy little kids who wanted to become a vampire because they got to live forever and all that kind of stuff. And I think Angel especially was telling people, like, it's not you. like, And the the way they kind of explained it for the audience, I guess, is like your soul leaves your body when you die yep. and you become this vampire. And it was their kind of way of giving a, not a physical f- framework, but like an understandable concept of going, it's you fundamentally changing. So it was the soul leaves and the demon enters your body. It's like, it's not you. You are gone. You've ceased to exist. Mm. And I, I don't know if Joss Whedon's into massive metaphors like that, but I like the way they explained it because it took away that romanticism of, oh, when I become a vampire, I'll live forever and people will love me and mm. I can collect wealth. It's like, but it's not you. You're gone. You cease to exist. Yeah. Like, your, your soul is departed and all that jazz. Like a zombie in a way. Yeah. 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 It's not you piloting the ship anymore. It's just the leftovers. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing as going, uh, you've got the HMAS Sydney. And it lands in port and they take every single person out of that ship and put an entirely new crew on and send it out. You go, it's the same ship, but is it the same ship? Yeah, Because it doesn't have the same crew that Mm. thinks and operates the same way. It's just the shell. Wow, we've done a lot of boat metaphors. (laughs) Boat metaphors are good. Um, I was thinking about it also, and this is just me hypothesizing now, is that fear might be a motivator for morals. Yeah, I can get behind that. Just, I was thinking particularly with um, a werewolf trajectory, Mm. if you were given the ability, and I'm not saying you personally, just people in general, and I think there are certain men who would fall into, and women maybe, who would fall into this category, Mm. of the fear of getting hurt is what prevents them from hurting others. Gotcha. So, that's why bullies tend to pick on people who are weaker and smaller than them. Mm. But if that fear of getting hurt was taken away, let's say once you're a a werewolf, Mm -hmm. so you're impeccably strong and fast, would you do more damage because you've now, I don't know, just something about the morals and fear? Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. And like a very touchy on a touchy subject, people in riot gear. Yeah. They don't have a fear for their own physical Yeah, they're not soft and squishy. So they- they push people, they knock people over, they use more force than you normally would if, like you said, like if you have this fear of like that reaction of someone hitting you back, you kind of stand back a bit more. But when you have that physical armor or, you know, supernatural or emotional armor, you're willing to put yourself out more to create more harm on someone else because you don't fear the repercussions. I'm like bobbing and weaving back and forth mm-hmm. for the audience. Like Kirsten can see it. She understands, but I'm kind of yeah. like, yeah. I think that's why I really liked, what was that British one with the whole house full of supernatural beings being human is that what it was called being human oh it was very very good because that one of the um werewolves he was just so soft and sweet when he wasn't a werewolf george with his big ears oh i loved him he's the best character he really was because he was the so antithetical antithetical i think so antithetical something like antithesis antithesis yeah 
of um, what, what you'd, you'd expect. expect. Yeah. He's not a big, burly guy who would have gone out and punched people anyway. He's not like Terry Crews from Underworld. He's not this huge monstrosity that just takes- you No, know, little- he was just a sweet, Squealed lovely- a Screamed a lot too. Yeah. yeah. And he was scared of everything when he was human. But then he'd transform and he would still be a wussy wolf yes. as well. Yes. I like that as well. Like he sort of kept his personality even he when he was. a reluctant werewolf. He like, really, really end. was. Yeah. <laughs> I love end. that. That was an amazing show. They remade it in American version. I don't think it did as well. Oh, that's a shame. Well, I don't know why they do that. Although The Office worked. Yeah, it's it's hit and miss. It depends on the audience. And it depends on the writers as well. But I highly recommend everybody watch Being Human. That Being was Human great. is amazing. I Especially if you like that whole supernatural thing. And the ghost girl as well. I loved yes. her whole story. She was great. Oh, what a what a twist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. But that sort of brings me on. You mentioned the crone. That brings me on to something mm. I was thinking about the other day. Yeah. Where my ideal idea of a witch, right? Yes. Would be, let's say hypothetically they existed and mm. they had the powers that you would associate with witches. Gotcha. But uh, not the power to, you know, shoot lightning out of their hands or anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. But more like herbal remedies and maybe a hex here and there. So, we're still talking supernatural oh, yeah, abilities. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But you would want them to, I don't know, live in a forest in a cottage that forever had smoke coming out of its chimney because very they're forever Germanic brewing witch. things. Like a very Germanic style witch. Yeah, like yep. if I we were to visit one now, let's say we had rheumatoid arthritis, we'd go, hmm, we've tried everything. Yeah. Let's go and check out the witch. Okay. And then we'd drive out there and you'd – like, she wouldn't have a road up to her house because that would ruin the illusion for me in my mind. You know, like a, a little barina pulling up to this witch's well, house. she would have a road, but it was twisty and weird and yeah, you would get lost. I feel like you would have to park like a kilometre down from it. And oh, then- you wouldn't be able to drive on it, but you have like a walking path. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, you'd have to park quite a far away away and then walk up to Unless it. Unless she so. drives a larder. What the heck is a larder? You know that Russian car that never changes? Oh, that would be funny with a witch in a car. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't want her to be modern. But it, that's what I was thinking how funny it would be. It's like it's all an illusion. Yeah. So, she's actually not a witch. She's um, like a retired pharmacist. Oh, yes. That would be so funny. So, she's got this whole cottage. She's done it all up, made it really witchy, hung herbs everywhere, has a cauldron. People come in and like, oh, I just need a cure for my rheumatoid arthritis. And she'll say, oh, Okay. Come back tomorrow when I've brewed this. Yes. And then she's like throwing herbs into a cauldron. And as soon as they leave, like she pokes a little witchy face out from behind the curtain, waits till they go. And then she just walks around the corner. There's a desk with a computer and everything. And she's like Googling their symptoms. She's got full medicine cabinets and filing <laughs> cabinets. She's got all their information on file. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she like grinds up the proper prescription for rheumatoid. And then she just throws in maybe some like peppermint balm so yep. that it smells different. I wonder. How many women there have been in, I don't want to say like super ancient times, we're talking like Renaissance time. Say we've got an Italian woman who was trained by an actual physician. Yep. And so she's moved to- And she would never be a physician because they couldn't back then. Yeah. Yeah. She's moved to the German countryside. She's like, oh, I'm a doctor. That's outrageous. A woman can't be a doctor. She's like, I'm a witch. Yeah, And I know herbal remedies. Oh, well, that's completely reasonable. I'll be by tomorrow. Exactly. I love that. Uh, I actually dance around naked in the forest with Satan, but I can cure your broken bones. Yes. Um, I'm more comfortable with that than a woman being a doctor. Oh, Gustav, your arm healed very well. Yes, the witch- over yonder who dances with the, the, the goat-legged demon in the night. And she's like, I've got four degrees. <laughs> exactly. I'm more educated than the Pope. 
Yeah, I can see that happening. Just that because they're like, so they're like, no, a woman could never be a doctor. But yeah, it's completely feasible that a woman can gain unnatural abilities by cavorting with the devil <laughs> and then change a person's physical makeup. That makes more sense to yeah, people yeah, than- I'm, They're more comfortable with that. She does medicine good. <laughs> she must be a witch. Yeah. How ridiculous are humans? I love it. I, yeah, I like that idea. But mm. if I can draw it back to what I, I was I kind of want to get a pharmacy degree and become this witch in Absolutely. my mind. Absolutely. It's an awesome idea. <laughs> Thanks. We went off on a tangent, which is okay. But the point I had as well in regards to humans becoming monsters. Yep. In that sense, in the literary, you know, fictional sense, we get that. We understand that. What if it's an actual thing? What if we are the base starting point for another race that goes, these guys are so malleable and so you can customize. We're like clay. We're like, yeah, humans are clay, which is probably where the clay metaphor came from Mm -hmm. in the Bible. What if some other race, whether it be on this planet or dimensional Not just the Bible. I think uh, ancient Greeks. We came out of lotus flowers in Egypt, didn't we? Like some nonsense. Um, I think the Greek, I was reading Mythos. Yeah. By Stephen Fry and yeah, they, we were clay. from clay. We were from clay. The Norse mythology is out of ash and elder, so out of tree, like out of trunks. They trees washed up on the shore, and Odin went, "I'm going to make a man and a woman." We were made out of trees, <laughs> yeah, like there you furniture. Go. Yeah, so we are so very what if, malleable. What if all these monsters that we have memories and stories and ideas of? Uh, oh, they took George. They gave him the wonder syrup, and now he's a werewolf. But he's going off to do whatever they do with werewolves. Like they take them, they sell them or take them somewhere else or they send them to world wars. Mm. And that race has either forgotten about us or, you know, like so many other corporations dumped the site going, look, it's cheaper literally to leave it there than dismantle it or relocate it. Earth is done, whatever, we'll move on to the next planet because the the customer base- Oh, so you think alien race came down for vampires and zombies and things like that? Might have made them. Like Mm. they, they go, humans are so easy, we can just make them and do this. And then humans came up with ridiculous things like, oh- how do, how do they turn us into vampires? Oh, it's a bat who bites you, but then you aren't, you don't have a stake driven through your heart when you're in your grave and you have to do all this. Cause we're just like, we don't understand how they made this creature that mm-hmm. climbs up walls and drinks the blood of creatures. Ugh. But what if, yeah, and they've just abandoned Earth, you know, it's AE-2 and they're going, look, it's, it's so much harder to transport the products and livestock through space from this location. We've built a new factory on another planet, Alpha Centauri or whatever, because our customer base is closer to here. Just abandon it. Like, we could dismantle Yeah, they, they've just got rid of the project. We could dismantle Just take- Look, you know what? Take five prime specimens, put them on ice, and we'll just use as our, those as our base stock. We don't need, you know, whatever the population was 200 years ago. Yeah. You know, we don't need a, a billion people. Just bring five. Mm. Pick the five that have the best genetic structure. Cool. Let's yoink them. That's it. And then every now and then, space raiders are coming along going, oh, this is that planet they used to put these people on, or they, they farm these people- and you can make genetic mutations out of them. I've got Abduction. Something to say right now. Someone goes, whoop. Yoink them going, oh, your genetic makeup is perfect for this. Mm. We want to make this. Yoink them like a salvage operation in space, cutting apart old space junkers. They just go, oh, we just take this person. Whoop. Done. All right. So I've got two conspiracy theories and one hilarious um, analogy to real life. You know I love conspiracy theories. You want to start with those? Lay it on me. Okay. Because the first one, as you were talking, and I was like, maybe- They've left, like, the remnants of it, and they would be excellent soldiers. Wasn't there a movie called, like, Dog Soldiers or something? Yes. We've mentioned it before, too. Have we? Yeah. Because I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. 
And what if the governments, like there's the only conspiracy that they have, the only thing they're covering up. They want us to look at Roswell. They want us to look at the aliens. They look over here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've got all these, uh, look, a Tic Tac spaceship. We're fine with that being out there. It's the fact that like their soldiers have all these tendencies. They've got vampire soldiers. They've got werewolf soldiers. And um, like America's obviously keeping it under tight wraps, but they – when I do it in a clinically medical way. Gotcha. But the soldiers from, let's say, like Afghanistan and Iran, mm-hmm. they're not quite as – or even Russia. Mm-hmm. They have no major medical facilities that are treating them and looking after them. Gotcha. So they're just running wild. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. So that's conspiracy theory number one. I like it. And I also liked your idea of them coming down here going, oh, there's too many – maybe there were like uh, space sanctions put in place. You know how in Australia we weren't allowed to export live cattle? Yes. Julia Giddard put a ban on it. Yes. She was our previous prime minister for all of that. One two of seconds. our many previous. Yeah. She yeah, was she- actually elected to the position. Whereas so many others that we've got now, we're not elected. I know. I know. Yeah. But she was ousted pretty quickly. Anyway. Yes. But she put uh, a ban on exporting live livestock out yes. of Australia because it was incredibly cruel. Yes. They've just taken it to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and they've ruled that- it was illegal to Livestock do that is property, yep. not a sentient animal. Gotcha. So it doesn't matter what they feel uh, or their emotions. So they've overturned her ban on the export of livestock because gotcha. they're property. Yeah. Oh, you can imagine Greenpeace having a field day without one. Yeah. But that ties in beautifully with your thing. Maybe there was a huge sanction put in place going, exporting livestock from Earth is just a terrible idea because they just kept us in like cold storage and- like they kept dying. I've noticed that when we start theorizing about the the galactic makeup of like the other races and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know the way they all integrate, mine, like is, a- mine is a lawless jungle like the wild. And mine's got a UN. Is, <laughs> yeah, yours is like the UN. Yours is like oh, and there's, there's sanctions and there's they can't go to this area. Mine's like everything's up for grabs. It Man, it's just, everything. It's literally like distance that's the pirate issue. Universe pirating. Mine is like the fringes of society in. Firefly and Serenity. Yeah. And yours is like the, they're called the Alliance. So like the, you know, the, the. In Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yep. Like, what are they called? The Nova, Nova, put the Nova Concord or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, exp- yeah, that's what I think of. The, yeah. as Your, the- yours is the. Well, they're so intelligent yeah. and so much smarter and of course they would do things right. <laughs> yeah. But mine is just like barbarians on spaceships just roaming around going, what do we want? <laughs> That's got to be very indicative of, like, what qualities we see in the world. Like, oh, I wanted everything to be, like, Wild West and pirates. And you're like, I want a galactic senate. (laughs) I vote for no confidence. (laughs) That's you. You just like politics so much. You're like, there has to be, like, a giant political arena, right? (laughs) Yeah, we get transported into the future. in space. Pew, pew. (laughs) And you're like, pew, pew, pew. And I'm like, oh, no. This is Space samurai, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. Start my own Senate, and I become this like g- horrible dictator. And you're like, Kirsten, what happened? And I'm like, there was no politics. Now yep. there is. Yep. Have you noticed in all sci-fi movies that every high-ranking political official or like military slash political official, they've always got that crossover lapel. Mm-hmm. So it's something that's always there. So like all the officers in Star Wars. Um, even Star Trek, they've got the slash down there, but it's always like that fold over of like kimonos and Japanese robes. Do you think it's that? I just think it's very, I think for human history, we've always got, whether it's like the, the Senate robes 
or, you know, Shogun officials. There's always, like, this weird slash, so we put that into sci-fi. I also think if you think of, um, you know, like, pharmacists also have that. With the, True. Oh, they do. And, like, old school doctors used to have that as so well. So, it's, it's a thing we've associated with, like, educated official kind of things. Yeah. Whereas yeah. all the, like, the crazy gunslingers who's usually the hero in the situation because we <laughs> love, like, the rogue. is always, like, an open shirt or an open vest. Yep. Oh, there's always a vest. There's always a vest or, like, it's always a garment of clothing that is open. It's never mm. closed over. The person who's got the closed over clothing is always, they always seem very regal. So and like, reserved. The first time you see Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi, his jacket is perfectly closed over. Yeah. But when he's fighting to free his friends, the front lapel's opened up so you can see the slash of white, but it's like an open chest. Oh. Like an open, open shirt. And I think that's something that we do. Again, it's a movie podcast, guys. Welcome to the movie podcast, <laughs> Prime Babel. Um, and I don't, I, I think it's- our mind just associates whether we personally like it or not that that kind of fold over is ordered, very power centric. Whereas, like the unbridled power and passions, like, like even uh, romance novels, the guy on the cover, his shirt's partially open or fully open. Yeah, there's never there's never Lord Cedric Farnsworth has his shirt. You never have a high collared dude as like the attractive guy on the front of a book. Yeah, he's never, always the ass. It's always someone. Who, <laughs> yeah, it's always someone who's got like partial of their clothing opened even women as well like you see a woman who's got like a high collar in any sort of show she's prudish and and waspish but if a woman's got any sort of slash that shows part of her chest or even she's wearing robes that are partially open not in a very like provocative sexual nature but just the clothing you see them as more approachable normal person mm. or their hair's down or up exactly particularly yeah. with women yeah so yeah. any sort of undress or messiness we associate with courage the the passionate impetus to just do something straight away but someone who's like Closed up, you're like, oh, they're going to get in the way of things. They're going to slow everything down. Yeah, bureaucracy. They're, they're going to be the bad guy, right? <laughs> democracy but maybe, manifest. May, democracy <laughs> manifest. But maybe that's an American film thing because America's always got this mentality of Wild West. We've got to fight the power. So, you know, the heroes always have open clothing. Maybe it's different in, like, British I've never noticed that. You let me know. You watch a lot of British shows. I do and watch audience, a lot of- let us no, know No, actually, well. you know, you're right, because I watch a lot of British crime shows, and it's always the gritty detective yep. who's in there, there and go. he's always, like, only partially shaven, yeah. and his hair's always messy, and, yeah, he's never wearing a suit. And it falls back to what we were talking about before. It humanizes them. It allows us to connect with them because we go, you know what? I spend my, I spend a lot of time like with my. You feel comfortable when like people who work in a in an office. They feel comfortable when they loosen their tie and they yep. undo the top button. Yeah, you feel more human like that, and less like a you know a button pocket up, machine or repressed. Not. Exactly. Yeah. How do we get from that? <laughs> we got that from humans are the ultimate clay to create monsters. A, I think I had a second conspiracy theory i think you might have and you also had a funny thing unless you already told me the funny thing no i didn't say funny thing i said a thing that reflects real life which was julia gillard's exportation of okay so that so you've still got one conspiracy theory i did i did and i'm trying to remember it so let's just recap so there was aliens coming down making super soldiers and exporting them. And then the planet being abandoned because it was too far away from something or something or rather. But people like spa- space pirates were taking the occasional, which is like abductions, taking the occasional human to sell or make something. Okay, that's that was the other conspiracy theory I had. Yeah. Was mental illness. Yeah. And so those are the failed experiments Maybe. of them trying to transform people into like more beast-like warrior people. Oh, gotcha. So, you know, if you've got massive amounts of aggression- or the process being stopped partially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They or they yeah, they went in They start on the psychological part and then do the physical after. Yeah. And so hyper aggressive people 
we're going to be a werewolf, but then the process will stop for whatever And reason. that would be so ironic if they're actually more evolved. So we always think of evolution as going forward to being more peaceful, yes. more ordered, more inclusive. More but- closed collar. Exactly. But it may be our evolution is to become more primal. Yeah. Rip open your shirts, people. Be free. <laughs> no, be a don't button you. up. Rip open the shirts. Undo your hair. I want more order. Take down your order. top knots and ponytails. <laughs> get a six shooter. Get no. a Southern American None accent. None of that. None yeah, of you're that. space pirates. <laughs> Embrace your inner vagabond. No, I'm, I'm good with no order and... Everybody being nice to each other. Yay! This has been Cram Bamble. No way! My name's Taz. And I'm Kirsten. Catch you next time, beautiful people. Bye!